0: Hello, this is Aaron Bounds, pastor of the Anchor Church located in Zanesville, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life God called you to live. Welcome to Easter Sunday, everybody. We're so glad you're here. Why don't we welcome all of our guests today? We're so glad you've come to worship with us. Praise God. Praise God you would turn with me to the book of Nehemiah. Nehemiah chapter one, reading with verse six. My goodness, it feels good in here. Makes me want to shout. Shout hallelujah. He's been good to me. Man, if it hadn't been for the Lord on my side. How many of you went to where the tomb where they buried him? He's not there. He's at 1365 Chamberlain Street today right here at the anchor. Amen. Rick, he's also on Lambert Road, praise God. The Lord's with us. And uh, I'm so glad everybody's made time to be with us. Like they said, you could be anywhere you want to be, but you've chosen to be with us. And I pray that God touches you in a mighty way. Amen. Before we read, I'd like us to bow our heads and pray. Let's ask God's hand to be upon us today as we open his, his holy word today. Lord Jesus, I pray that every heart in this room would be touched by your presence. No matter where they are or what they're going through, we know that you care for them. And that as Calvary took place, you were thinking of us. I pray that every soul, every heart, every mind today would be touched by your spirit and would be led and broken free by your word. I pray faith God would enter this building enter the heart of everybody that hears the word today for faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of the Lord I pray they would leave here blessed changed that that for some today would be the first day of the rest of their life in Jesus name we pray book of Nehemiah chapter 1 verse 6 if you're in the Thompson chain it's page 563 For all the rest of you, it's just in the King James Version, Nehemiah chapter one, verse six. Let thine ear now be attentive. Nehemiah is praying to God. He's looked over his shoulder. He has heard about this place called home that was known as Jerusalem, where they all lived and had been. But now Jerusalem is a wasteland, it appears. It's not the glory or the glamour of what it used to be. Things in their life that used to be beautiful are now lost, burned, burned and broken down. Sounds like what the enemy like to do to all of our lives. To break us, to burn us, and to destroy us. I mean, no, it's true. He looks over his shoulder and hears about what, he's a long ways away from Jerusalem. He's a long ways away from home, but he knows it's not what it used to be. I hear home has been burnt, broken. He hears of what used to be splendor and now is a wasteland. He said, Lord, let thine heart, thine ear now be attentive and thine eyes open that thou mayest hear the prayer of thy servant, which I pray before thee now, day and night for the children of Israel, thy servants and confess the sins of the children of Israel. He said, which we have sinned against thee. He said, God, the reason there's so much ruin is because of sin. It's the problem. God's not the problem. We've got to stop saying, why did God do this? And realize sin causes chaos. How many know that? Sin causes trouble. He said, which we have sinned against thee, both I and my father's house of sin. We have dealt very corruptly against thee, have not kept the commandments, nor the statutes, nor the judgments which thou commandest, thy servant Moses. He tells the Lord in verse eight, remember, speaking of the word, he said, remember, I beseech thee the word that thou commandest thy servant Moses, saying, if ye transgress, I will scatter you abroad among the nations. Key word here is scatter. He said, if ye transgress, that means to break the commandment of of the word, I will scatter you. You're gonna be scattered abroad among the nations. But it didn't stop there because the word doesn't end with destruction. Sin doesn't get the last word. Sin doesn't get the last say so. But if ye, what? Come on, this is as much in his word as it is about what sin will do. If ye turn unto me, there is power in turning. There's power in a U-turn. If ye will turn to me destruction this way the path of ungod. but if you would just turn to me no matter how far you are if you turn unto me and keep my commandments and do them though there were of you cast out unto the uttermost part of the heaven that's a long ways away yet will i do what You've been scattered. You're a long ways away. But I will gather. If you will turn to me. My arm is not short that it cannot reach you. I don't care how far you are away from God. His arm's not too short that he can't bring you back. He's just waiting on you to turn. It's the power of a turn. Somebody shout turn. He said, and will bring them unto the place that I have chosen to set my name there. He was saying this, if you'll turn, you can come home. Anybody, no matter who it is, where they've been, no matter how far they are, what they've done, you can come home. I'd like to preach to you simply today, welcome home. Welcome home, everybody. You've been dispersed, you've been scattered, you've been disconnected with COVID, you've had issues and chaos and sickness and death, but welcome home, everybody. We're glad you're back in the house of God today. I believe God's gonna bring some normalcy to our lives. How many glad the Lord let you home? Amen, lift your hands and ask the Lord to move among us. God, we thank you. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for what you've done. I pray today that you administer to us today. Be with us, I pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Home. Home. It feels good in here today. It really does. We're so glad each of you are here. Home. I, uh, I've learned in Scripture a principle And Adam and Eve were the ones created, placed in a place of perfection. You know, creation happened in six days, the Bible tells us. He created all the beautiful rocky top mountains and luscious streams with trout in them. Beautiful deep lakes and rivers with small mouth bass in them. Man, I'm ready to go fishing. You know what I think I'm going to do? I think I'm going to go fishing this week. How about that? That sounds fun to me. All the beautiful, luscious valleys and the blooming flowers and lilies and fruit trees and on and on and on. We can go about creation. But the last thing he did, he created man. Adam wakes up in the paradise of paradise and the Lord says, I did this for you. I recommend you go on vacation this year. I recommend you go see what God's made for you. We can't get so busy, we can't enjoy life with our family. You need to take a break, go camping, do something fun. That's right. But he said, I did this for you. And then he made Eve and, and I made, made her for you. And, and here they are, they're in the paradise of paradise. There's no shame, they're in the glory of God. It's an amazing place, it's, it's wonderful. And all of a sudden here it comes the serpent into their life. Uh, known as that serpent, the devil. Revelation calls him the serpent, the devil. He comes in and starts speaking doubt. He starts saying things that half God said. It, it was sort of like this. Do you do you really have to follow his word? You know, you're in bondage in paradise. Listen, the devil's deceitful. They're in the paradise of paradise. There's nowhere in the universe that's better than what they have right now. And guess what? The devil shows up and says, "You're you're missing some things. There's, God's keeping things from you. If you would just do this, taking the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and oh, there's more out there for you, the more than what you have here. And, and all of a sudden, they, they disobey God. They, they listen to the enemy, the enemy of our soul, the enemy of our peace, the enemy of our home. And they listen to that, and they take the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And guess what? It separates them from God. Yes, sir. Sin always has a marker, it's called division. Anytime sin moves in, it separates you from what God wanted you to have. Can you say, man? So they're separated from paradise. They're separated from God. They really are. And where are they now? They're in a they're in a land that has poison ivy and poison sumac. And I don't know why I keep talking about it, but I don't like any of it. I'm Going to plant a garden. All kinds of weeds come up in there. You know, I, I planted a garden one time with my buddy, and and I went out of time, and and uh, I. I went out of town when I came back. He hadn't taken care of the garden. It was a mess. Their weeds were taller than the tomato plants. I mean, you had to to go through the jungle just to give a tomato. It was awful. Because when you're out of the paradise of God, there's unnecessary stuff that just takes over your life. And that's what they had to deal with, a bunch of mess, a bunch of briars, a bunch of burrs, and it was chaos, and life's hard, and it's not easy, and and Adam and Eve, here they are, and then they have a child named Cain, and then they have another son named Abel, and Abel was trying to please God and got blessed, and Cain got jealous and killed him. And then people turn around and say, why did God do that? God didn't do that. Sin did that. Sin separates, and then sin creates chaos. Uh, a flood comes and we find their separation there. Then you find the Tower of Babel. They built a tower and said, we'll never be flooded by God again. And guess what? God scattered them because they're seeing their rebellion. It scattered them all over the world in different languages and different nations. And now people are separated and they're fighting and they're against each other because sin is the issue. Sin is a pleasurable thing. Don't let anybody tell you that sin's not fun. It feels good because the Bible says it does. The Bible calls it the pleasure of sin. Sin is pleasurable, but only for a season. Sin has its fun, but then sin always turns into bondage. It turns into addiction. It turns into slavery. It turns into chaos. And it turns into shame, guilt, and remorse and regret. It's the truth. It's the truth. Sin, my friend, is fun to begin with, but it ends painful. It ends regretful. It ends with I, I wish I wasn't alive. No, I, I feel like nobody cares about me. Sin is lonely. Sin is disconnected because sin has a marker with it. It divides and separates what once was joyful and happy and peaceful. Sin separates, and God, God always desired from Adam even till now. He desired to have a place for us. That's beautiful. That's great, a place of peace and joy. The Bible says in his presence is fullness of joy. The Bible says that it's the peace that passes all understanding. These, these Christians in the New Testament, they found this place on this earth that the Bible even compares it to the Garden of Eden. It's called the kingdom of God. It's a powerful place. and I just want you to know it exists today. It's home to the believer. It's home, it's, it's a place of splendor and paradise, but you'll find it really in a physical manifest. You, you'll find it physically formed under Solomon's kingdom and Solomon built this powerful kingdom and it, 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 he, had, he was the wisest man in the world. I don't know why he had 700 wives if he was wise. <laughs> I ain't ever figured that one out. I'm just gonna tell you right now, but 700 of them. Seven hundred wives. No, the reality is, is he was born in, uh, He he was he was he was uh, bringing allegiances to all these nations and people from all nations. One day, they had heard about this Jerusalem, this place called Zion, and there's no place like it. A lady drove a thousand miles without a plane, a train, an automobile. You talking about? You talking about rough? Yeah, I don't know about you, but when I put four kids in a minivan and go to Florida on vacation, that's torture. Can I get a witness from somebody in the building? And, 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 and here they are, the, the however many months it took to get from, 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 from Africa to, to there, and, and they end up there, and she goes, oh, my goodness. Look at this place. I've never seen anything so beautiful. She said, the half, Lavelle wasn't told me. I've heard about it all the way in Africa, but I've never, I've never seen anything like... Look at look at the temple. Look at Solomon and his ascent to the Lord. Look how they worship. And look at all the people there that wait at the doors and they're part of the kingdom. And she records this. Happy are thy servants. Everybody's happy. I've never seen people this happy. They're blessed. They're prosperous. Look how amazingly blessed they are. What is this? And Solomon said, it's the kingdom of God. There's a place in God that gives you wisdom and gives you prudence and gives you understanding, gives you clarity. You you're the head and not the tail. You'll be blessed in the city and in the field. God opens unto you his good treasure. Come on, it's the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. The Bible's just what Jesus told us. How I many know there is a kingdom? There's a kingdom. Oh my goodness. And every, every, everybody in Israel had their own plot of land when Joshua brought them out of, out of Egypt. And you know it's amazing? When God's taking you to your destiny, there's nothing can stop you from getting there when you have turned toward there. Oh, Red Sea split on the way there. They couldn't stop him from the promised land. Jordan River stopped flowing. Jericho walls fell down before them. Because when God's going to take you to your destiny, there's nothing can stop you from your destiny. There's a kingdom he's got prepared for you. There's nothing like it. He's going to make a way. Hallelujah. He's going to make a way. And nothing can stop you. And the, Joshua gets there and this is the land that flows with milk and honey and some negative person said, Oh, it's just a bunch of calories and cholesterol. I ain't hanging out with him, are you? No, it's a place that's blessed. It's everything you need is here. It's a land that flows with milk. And Joshua got out there and he said, this is going to be your portion of land. This is yours. It's going to be for you. Look, there's houses already built for you. There's some plants. Already, there's some things already irrigated and planted for you. God knew that you were coming and prepared some things before you ever got there. Let me tell you something. When you get here, it's not going to be a desert. There's streams already flowing. The wells already yeah. dug. The house already built. The trees already planted. The garden's already ready. It's already fertilized. He's got a place prepared for you. Somebody shout, it's mine. My goodness, it's mine. And can I just stop right here today on this Easter Sunday and tell you that every good thing, belong, uh, every good thing we receive is from the Lord. Yeah. The Bible says all good gifts are from the Father of lights in whom there is no shadow of turning. Before we move on today, we ought to thank God for our health, thank God for our economy, thank God for our country, thank God for our food, thank God for our clothes. Come on, I think just for a moment. We ought to give God a little bit of glory and say, he's been good. Why don't we stand and give God glory and say, he's been good to us. He's been good to us. Thank you for our freedom. Thank you for our nation. Thank you for our vehicles. Thank you, God, for our jobs. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Look at your neighbor and say, never seen anything like it. And she's walking around saying, oh my goodness. And, and she she gives these gifts and we want to be a part of that. That's just one example of what many nations did. Nations wanted to be in allegiance because they wanted their nation to be like this nation. They wanted their cities to be like this city. They wanted their people to be happy like this. They wanted their economy to be like this. And so let's form an allegiance. We want to be in allegiance with Jerusalem. Solomon, we want to be like you. All right, here. here, Here's, here's my daughter to take as your wife. Listen. It might start out good, but 700 of them later, it's chaos. Because <laughs> they showed up. You know what they showed up with? They didn't just show up with a wedding ring, they showed up with idols. Yes, yeah. Yeah. Oh, Solomon, I love this, but I worship Baal. Can I build a temple here? In Jerusalem. Can I build a temple? Can, is it okay if I set this, this uh, uh, my idol here? You ever walk into one of those restaurants and Buddha's there? And there's fruit laid out. I've never seen him reach his hand out and eat a banana. Wouldn't that be funny? He's eating a banana right there. Yeah. I ain't never seen him move. And you get up there and look, you look down at Buddha and you say, hey Buddha. But they worship Buddha. They worship God. The Let me tell you, hey, hey Buddha. My God's bigger than you are. And nothing you do about it, because you're not real. Buddha, Buddha. And, and, and nations worship different gods and here they are they're, they're setting up totem poles you ever see those like Native American totem poles they've got these set up in Jerusalem and somebody's over here worshiping Buddha somebody's worshiping Baal there's a temple over here to Eshkolan, part man part fish and they say we're crazy and they set these up and all of a sudden, all of a sudden God looks out of the throne of heaven to this place that there's no place like it on the earth. But He's blessed it. He's removed junk out of their life. He's, he's brought them out of Egypt and out of bondage and out of chaos. They were once slaves and now they're a nation that every nation on the earth wants to be like. But now you got, you got, you got this Jew over here that's no longer keeping the Sabbath, but he's over here worshiping some totem pole. You got somebody over here worshiping some idol, not even giving thanks to God, building golden calves, and saying this is the God that brought us out of Egypt. Are you crazy? What are you doing? And God tolerates it for years. God tolerates And the Bible says that Solomon's heart was turned by outlandish women, meaning that he allowed people from without to come in and change him from within. He started listening to the wrong voices, hanging out with the wrong people, tolerating things he shouldn't. Let me tell you something. Don't ever allow in your home what you condemn in your heart. It'll destroy your kids. It'll destroy your kids. I feel like preaching to you right now. We cannot afford in the end time to let our children be lost. We need good Jehovah to be our Savior and nobody else. We can't make room for chaos. We can't make room for any other God. We've got to let God be our God. God sends a prophet to the Jews and they don't want to listen to him. You know, sometimes people want to listen to preachers. Trust me. Jeremiah comes in and prophesies. He said, "You're going to be, you're going to be dispersed from Jerusalem. You're going to be removed from here. Why sin, idolatry is going to scatter you from places. Some of you are going to end up in Egypt. Some are going to be in Babylon. Some will be in the land of the Chaldees. Some of you are going to be in Asia. Some of you are going to be in Earth, in Arabia. Some Europe. You you're going to be scattered out of here." And they looked at the priest and said, "No, we're not." We're standing right here. I'm keeping my house. I'm keeping my family. I'm keeping my marriage. I'm keeping this. Nothing. But let me tell you something. Sin's not a respecter of persons. When Nebuchadnezzar comes in, the enemy, the enemy that is fueled by sin, when that king of the world comes in, he's going to take you out. You'll do things you never wanted to do. You'll say things you never wanted to say. You'll become what you never wanted to become. You end up in a place you never wanted to end up. It's not going to happen. They threw Jeremiah in the, in the prison and they could do whatever they wanted. But he had told them, you will be scattered. And guess what? They didn't like what he had to say. But all of a sudden, three invasions later, almost every Jew over three invasions had been taken out of their, their, their plot of land. They're no longer in their house. They don't, they're no longer drinking out of that well. They're no longer... They don't have peace in their life. That pleasure is no longer pleasure. Where's Buddha? Where, where, where's Bill? Where's Ashkelon This doesn't seem to have any power over Nebuchadnezzar. Why is it I can't lay this bottle down? Why is it I can't lay this addiction down? Why is it I can't lay this thing down? Why is my family falling apart? Why is chaos coming in? Why? And Nebuchadnezzar's now ruling your life because you didn't want to give glory and honor to God. Chaos. We're living in a nation right now that's dealing with chaos. He said, you will be scattered. You're going to end up in in places you don't belong. Could I tell you the bar will only satisfy so long. Sin will only satisfy so long. You'll feel disconnected. And even to a place you say, I don't even want to live. I don't even want to get up in the morning. There's no use. What am I doing here? Life is terrible. I don't even want to get, I don't dread going to bed, dread getting up. Why? Because you're in a land of Babylon was never the will of God for the American to get in this condition founded upon the word of the Lord. They still swear in the office by putting their hand upon the Bible. They're trying to remove it from our court systems. They're taking God out of our school. they are taking God out of our courts. They're taking God out of our politics. They want to take God out of our church and they want God to bless it. It won't happen that way. But you give me some people that say, there's a God that we need in Zanesville. I need God in my family. I need God in my home. I need God. That's why I'm going to church on Sunday because I want God to know I'll have no other God before you. Somebody shout, we need God in our family. We need God in our marriage. We need God in our church. We need God in Zanesville. Come on, we need God in Muskingum County. We need God in our schools. We need God in our courts. We need God. And once you get there, once you're in the land that you never belonged in, once you get there, listen to me. Hey, tight's right. Let it get a little bit tight, but it's right. you're, You're in Babylon now. Now that you're in Babylon, Nebuchadnezzar gets arrogant. Now that they're here, I'm never letting them go home. They're mine forever. I'm gonna be their king. I'm the reason. He starts taking this ownership of what still belongs to God. And he said, I'm gonna be their king. I'm gonna be the Jews' king. You better, devil, you better not get arrogant because sin took them out and you think you're gonna keep them forever. Because remember this the pleasure of sin is for a season. Let me just interpret it this way sin is only for a season. You've only got them for a season. You've got them in bondage. But Nebuchadnezzar, you can't have them forever because they still belong to me. They messed up. They had idols. They've done things wrong. They've got, come on, but they're mine. They still are my people. Just because they're away. Watch this. Look, look, look at this awesome, powerful verse. The book of Jeremiah is the prophet that prophesied before they went into captivity, till they before they were scattered. Ezekiel was the prophet that started prophesying after five years, they had been scattered into Babylon. Look at your neighbor and say, sin, sin has no respect for persons. Come on. How many, how many can witness that sin will mess up your life? All of sin. Look at your neighbor and say, He's preaching about you right now. Amen. Some of you thought, I only thought he was preaching to me. Well, I'm preaching to you too, but I'm preaching to others. We've all sinned. And watch, watch, watch this ownership God gives when people go chaos. Therefore, Ezekiel 11 and 16. Therefore say, thus saith the Lord God, although I have cast them far off among the heathen, And although I have scattered them among the countries, yet will I be to them as a little sanctuary in the countries, in the countries where they shall come. Therefore say, Thus saith the Lord. Watch this. I will even gather you from the people and assemble you out of the countries where you have been scattered and will give you the land of Israel. Let me word it this way. I'm gonna bring you home. So here it goes. They were dispersed from Jerusalem. That big, massive temple, Solomon's temple, the wonder of the world with his marble and gold trimmings, its, its extravagant carvings has been demolished. The homes they lived in, somebody else moved into and destroyed it. They burnt the gates, they cracked the walls, they're not going to church. While they're separated, somebody else is living in their house, somebody else is destroying what belonged to them. But listen to me, while they're gone, the Lord said, you might be away from Jerusalem, but I'm not going to be away from you. You could be at a bar room somewhere, and guess what? He said, I will be to you a little saint. Sanctuary. It's like the pilot light in your in your in your furnace during the summertime. Even though it's not cold outside, the pilot light is still on. You're a long ways away from God, but there's still an element of conviction that says, you know what? I just I don't know why. I just can't get God off my mind. I, I feel I've like done all okay. kinds so far away. But God said, I'm God's, I'm still with you. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. I will be with you even until the end of the world. I've had friends in bar rooms. I had a friend, a couple that were away from God that's sitting at a bar knowing that's not where they were supposed to be. He said, I was sitting there and the lady walked in. He said, I, I, I was a little bit tipsy. The lady walked in. She sat down beside me in the bar and he said, here we are a long ways away from God. He said, we start talking and somehow we got on the subject of church. We got on the subject of talking about God. He said, while we were talking about it, he said, we were talking about the things of God Begin to feel conviction in a bar room. You know why? Because he said, you might go a long ways away from from home, but you'll never get away from me. Train up a child in the way they should go. And when they're old, it's not gonna depart from them. There's gonna be an element. There's gonna be a sanctuary. There's gonna be a spot in their life. Come on, I don't care where you've been, what you've done. God's not giving up on you. He hasn't thrown you away. He hasn't thrown you away. Can you say amen? There's an old song we used to sing in church. Jesus got a hold of my heart and it won't let me go. He got into my heart. He got into my soul. And what I'm preaching to you is you feel unworthy. What in the world am I doing here? What have I done with my life? They were in those countries for about 70 years thinking we'll never get home but you hear me, 70 years is the maximum. When 70 years is up, the prophet said, you're coming home. There's a time slot on your mistake. There's an end date on your sin. There's an end date on the mistake you've made. It is a road that led away from God, but the road that led you away from God is the road God's gonna bring you back down. I'm preaching to some people in this room right, now. God's not done, that's what I'm trying to preach, he's not done. He's not done. You might have pills in your pocketbook, but he's not done. You might have stuff in your refrigerator, but he's not done. You might have sin in your body, but he's not done. You don't belong to King Nebuchadnezzar, you belong to God. He said, You tell my people, you tell my people, you tell my people. They're gonna be scattered, but it's not forever. I'm gonna gather them. Again, look at elbow. Your neighbor says, "Time to go home." Do you believe the devil's had his day? Come on, do you believe the devil's day is done? The devil had his time, but the devil's time's up. God's about to do what only God can do. He's gonna restore you back to the house. He's gonna bring you back to the house. You say, why are you preaching like that? I'm gonna tell you why. You don't want some, you don't want some sissy up here in the pulpit that won't confront your mountain or your devil. I feel a man coming up on me right now. You can't have him. You can't take him. There's a warrior inside of me. You've had them long enough. Come out. Come out. There's gonna be a belittling. I feel a, I feel a hunkering down of the enemy. Nebuchadnezzar has showed off his arrogance. He, he's, he's had his pompous moments. He has strutted his stuff. He swelled at his chest. He's walked down his streets. And guess what God said? You can't have him." I'm gonna humble you. Guess what, guess what, Nebuchadnezzar? You thought you could have him forever but you're going to become an animal. You're going to become low. You're going to be... Well, let me tell you what God did to his enemy. God took Nebuchadnezzar that took them out of Egypt, destroyed their houses, destroyed their temple. He let him grow talons, grow feathers, and graze out in the field for seven years. You don't look so bad now. Look what I did to Israel. I took him out. I separated them. I divided them. And God said, sin's only for a season. You can't have them forever. I'm going to tell you what I feel in this room right now. Some of you have had enough death. You've had enough sickness. You've had enough chaos. It's over. God's about to bring you out of all that mess. He's about, it's over. That was bondage. That was, come on, that was bondage. You're coming out. You believe God's going to bring you out? God's about to turn this. I feel a turn coming on. I'm about to come out of this mess somebody shout how am I going to get out look at your neighbor and say how am I going to get back I feel, a, I feel a longing in the building come on are you tired of the mess come on I just need somebody to preach with me how many of you feel like manning up right now say I'm tired of the mess I'm tired of the chaos I wish somebody jump to your feet and help me say I'm tired of the mess I'm coming out of that mess I'm, I'm, I'm about to be blessed I'm about to have increase Woo! You didn't come to Easter to be bored. You came to hear a word from God and I've got one. The devil's day is over. There's a revival. There's a, stir, there's a stirring. There's a movie. He's bringing you out. He's about to bless you. Come on, clap your hands and praise him. Let's all stand around the building. The devil's had a bad day in Zanesville. Somebody shout, I'm going home. Just remain standing. That makes me feel like I'm getting ready to quit. My goodness, everybody shout, I'm coming home. No. You can't have my family. No. That's what that song says. This means war. You can't have my children. You can't have my breakthrough. Brad, Brad McKenna is not in here right now, but I'm believing a miracle for his kidney. I'm believing God's going to heal him because we're in the kingdom. I'm believing that. Come on, how many believe in miracles? We're going to see more miracles, signs, and wonders than we've ever seen. Blinded eyes are going to be opened in this building. Deaf ears are going to be unstopped. People that have been under addiction for 25 and 30 years are going to be free instantly. God's going to set them free because you're coming home. You don't ever have to go back. Lift your hands, my brother. In the name of Jesus, I claim healing and deliverance for you and your family in the name of the Lord. Look at your neighbor and say, it's time to come home. You don't belong here. All of a sudden, just remain standing with me. Amen, I've been standing longer than all of you, by the way. Man, I feel authority on me. Uh, That old devil's untucked his head. He tries to slip out of the room. He's trying to sit, he's like, I've been caught. I feel a prophet prophesying. I feel a daddy prophesying. I, I feel like, I feel like getting out of Zanesville. <laughs> devil, get out of here. Come here, devil. I'm not done with you. You can't have my children. You can't have my wife. You can't have my ministry. Hey devil. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. hey, devil, you go ahead and go to hell and you let hell know I'm not coming. My family's not coming. We, we got a mansion waiting. There's a, there's a home prepared. Hallelujah. While they were away, the house was broke. The temple was broke down. The walls. Ezra went back, called home, and built the temple and got discouraged and Haggai said, it's going to be better. Everybody say the latter house. is going to be greater than the former house. Restoration is going to be more beautiful than the original. He built the temple. Look at your neighbor and say, you got to get the temple in place. You got to get the heart right. And then they built the wall. Restore the walls. Nehemiah restore the walls. So what's God doing? He's getting the center of it right. It's going to be a safe place for you because restoration always needs a safe place. Hospitals have to be safe. The, kingdom, the, the walls have to be fixed and the gates fixed for it to be safe. Church has got to be a safe place. But he said, I got a safe place. But when you, the third thing that happened, they started coming back fixing their houses up. But when they got home, it's like when we got home from North Carolina, moved down there for a year, didn't fit in there. Couldn't make a friend hardly. Pushing the corner. I I, my dad came and said, we're going home. I couldn't wait to go climb that maple tree in my yard. That sounds so silly, but I was just a boy. My house was my house. Moved back in that house, it didn't smell the same. Didn't look the same, the damage, the swimming pool we had. There were some damages there. But I've learned when you come home, the devil would have loved to have destroyed what God had in your life. But guess what, day by day in peace, you ever see Fixer Upper? Man, that's always a mess. But don't forget, it's yours.
1: You're no longer laying in the land of the
0: heathen or captivity God's gonna get and guess what he's gonna do It's gonna be better than it was before you left it. And God's going you're gonna fix it up. It's gonna be yeah. No, I'm preaching to yeah. but there were some wells that were dug here that are still there You just got to get the junk out of it. My goodness I feel this the old prayer life's gonna come back the old desire to worship the desire to be in the house of God It's gonna come back. It's coming back. I'm telling you and God's gonna restart. you believe that my children are drinking drink in the kingdom. My children are going to be blessed in the kingdom. The preacher, I'm unworthy. There's this thing called Calvary. He said in Jeremiah, he didn't only preach a scattering. He started saying, I will gather them in chapter 23. I will gather the rem- remnant of my flock. Everybody say, I still belong to the Lord. Man, I got to say this. I don't don't, don't know where I'm going, but I just feel like to go. Can I just go with the Holy Ghost right now? Watch this. While they were there in heathen land, Haman had made a decree, we're going to kill every Jew in the world. But instead of the enemy killing the Jews that were there, God reversed it because they turned. When they weren't where they supposed to be, God preserved and protected them. And in one day, 75,000 Babylonians died that came against the Jews because you can't touch what belongs to the Lord, even if it's at a bar stool, in a crock house. You might be out of church, but you're not out of his hand.
1: Convictions are still there. Living wrong, but God's still right.
0: You remind me a little bit of Daniel anyhow. They threw him in a lion's den in the heathen nation, but the lions couldn't eat him. During that time, they took three Hebrew children and threw them in a fiery furnace, but the fire couldn't burn them. You know why? Because even though they were out of Jerusalem, they were still in the hand of God. Come on, God has spared you to bring you back. God has spared you to bring you home. I got more verses to read. How do you get back? I'm going to tell you how you get back. It looks something like this. He went up the mountain for you. He bore the sin, the heathenistic mistakes that you made, the shameful thing. They, They hung him naked on a cross, shamed. He bore all of that so you could come out of where you are. You know what he was saying when he was at the cross? Everybody help me. Get your hands out and help me right now. You know what was like this? He was saying, welcome home. I've taken your mistake. The sin of the whole world was upon him. Brother Melvin, he paid it all at the cross so you could have a brand new start, my friend. How many believe God gives us new starts? I don't care. Listen, I don't care if you were in the church and out of the church, but you know what? He went to the cross for me. There's a place preserved for me in the kingdom of God. But I've shamed the family name. Listen, come on, prodigal God's got a, he, he's got a ring for your finger, shoes for your feet. He's got a robe to cover up all the muck in your life. He's gonna, he's gonna put you back in your room. He's got a house for, I'm just telling everybody in this building, there's welcome home. God's got a place he's gonna restore and heal you. Let's clap our hands and shout hallelujah. rejected and alone Jesus said why has thou forsaken me? because he had to bear this feeling of forsaken because that's how you feel but he became forsaken so you would not be he died so you could live he was buried so you could be resurrected he walked up a mountain to remove your mountain Things are in your way, but he rolled the stone. I'm just telling you, there's nothing. Who are you, great mountain? Never lost a battle. Never lost a battle. Come here, Babylon. Come here, come here, come here, come here. Come here, addiction. Come here, King Nebuchadnezzar. You can't have it. You only had a season on his life but it's over. Come here, offense. Come here. I'm going to tell you, Jesus was a tough guy. Almost said do, but that sounded respect- disrespectful. Jesus was a tough guy. He's a carpenter. He didn't build with wood. He built with stones. Study it. His hands would have been. And he grabs offense that led you out of the way and said, you've had him long enough. You can't have what belongs to me. That's what Calvary's for. I don't care how, how far you went from God, how many sins you've committed, we've all sinned. What matters is the power of this turn. And when you turn from him, turn to him, his hand somehow reaches out to the farthest place from him and says, come on home. And you no longer, come here, Andy, let me help you. And all of a sudden, it's not you walking that long road home. God's walking with you. I'm not going to that altar by myself. The Spirit of the Lord is leading me to a place that says, just turn to me, Ben. And you start praying and seeking God. And the Lord says, I'm going to open to you my good treasure. There's a call of God in this room. And you said, I'm done. When the G.O. come, you're going to pray for us. Get a microphone, you're going to pray. There is a call of God in this room. and You said, the preacher's been so long, you don't know what I've done. It doesn't matter, Calvary took care of it. Calvary took care of it. The Lord took your sin. He bore your grief. He's thrown it out of the way. Why? So you can be healed. I want everybody in the room to start praying. Everybody in the room. You don't know how to pray, just talk to God the way you would me. Listen, I'm just normal. I'm just simple. Just God, I need you. I ask you to forgive me. Brother Gio, come and pray over us. I'm going to tell you, the Lord, you're going to feel the hand of God come up on your life right now.
1: Lord, we pray right now that God, your mighty hand would reach down into the addicted state, Lord. Lord, there's some in this building that feel like they're trapped. They feel like they can't go another day. But God, you work from the end to the beginning. You've been waiting on him, on them this very morning. And I pray by the authority of the word of God and the power that's in your name, oh God, that you would loose them from that addiction. You will loose them from that sin. That you would loose them from that depression and that anxiety, oh God. You will loose them from that demon that waits at them, waits for them at home, oh God. We cast out every devil and every hindrance, oh God. And God, you are prepared for a mass deliverance this morning. Oh God, you have prepared us for a better place, oh God. It's because at Calvary, you said it was finished. And when you said it was finished, every sin, every addiction, every relationship shall be cut off. It shall be gone. I come against every generational curse under the sound of my voice. And I cast you to the pit of hell where you belong. Jesus, I lose a marty, I army of angels in this house. Would you lift your hands right now and begin to cry out if you want to?